Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey, lovely people, we have got such a special episode for you this week. Now, if you didn't know, it is currently World Autism Acceptance Week. Now, this is a topic that's really dear to my heart. I worked in a SEN or a special educational needs school for three years of my sort of career as a teacher. And there's so many misunderstandings and miscommunications out there around autism. So we've got an expert in. We've got Carol Uri with us, who is not only a TM coach, she has direct experience with this topic um, because of her son and his autism. Now, she has had her own challenges with this. She's learned to see that it's such a gift and it's so magical. But in the past, she's used alcohol to help her deal with issues that had come up and difficulties. So she's got such a just a really broad understanding of this. And there's so much more room for more love and understanding on this topic. And uh, it's such a wonderful discussion. I'm so excited to be able to share this with you. Me and Ellie are so excited to put this out into the world. Now, as you know, the Facebook groups there if anything in this episode or any any other episode is something that you would love support with or you'd love to talk about then we got you come and join us there we've got Q&A's coming up there's a bank of the old Q&A's that we've done live so you can go and watch anything that we've done previously which is pretty cool I would say and uh, yeah it's going to be growing and evolving all the time some big big plans for 2022 present and sober can't wait to break cover on those but I've been told that I'm absolutely not allowed for a while yet so I'll have to keep shtun all right team See you there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the President Silver podcast. It feels like it's been ages since I've introed Sam. I've kind of lost yeah. myself. Like, shit, what do I say? You've just beginning? been throwing me in each week. We've got a wonderful episode today. We've got our good friend, Carol Uri here. Hi, Carol. How are hey, you? Carol. Hi, I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Really excited. It's wonderful, wonderful to have you here. So for those of you that don't know Carol, she is a good friend of Sam and I's and she is a certified this naked mind coach as well. And we were just talking before we came on air. Was it a year ago today that you started the coach training? Is that yeah, I think so. Sam. That's crazy. Can't believe it, Sam, can you? No, I mean, when this goes out, it'll be over. A, well, actually, just over a year. So I opened my diary, my like line a day journal that I do just to you know, just remind myself of what was happening a year ago. And I was like, bloody hell, that's mad. Because if mm-hmm. someone had asked me to say, how long do you think it was? I think I would have stabbed. I would have said two or three. I wouldn't have gone for, wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. for one. <laughs> no, a lot's happened in that time, hasn't it? Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. I was talking to one of the um, cohort that are actually on the, on the training at the minute. She just wanted a little bit of advice and uh, yeah, they're really enjoying it, Sam. Yeah, awesome. really glad to hear that. Not surprised it's, at all. It's no. a wonderful thing. And it, it, I was talking to somebody recently about it and uh, I was trying to express the value. And I was saying that even if I hadn't have decided to be a coach at the end of it, it was worth every penny just for the mm. personal development and growth. Mm. So anybody that is in any way inclined actually to consider coach training to become a coach or just to expand your personal growth and get really uncomfortable there is going to be another (laughs) coach training uh starting i think in july so uh we could pop a little um link sam in the show notes to the there's a wait list that they're that this naked minder populating with people that, that might be interested so we could possibly put that in the show notes or just reach out to sam or i if you're interested because yeah, we'll yeah, likely I, be doing the interviews again, Sam. Mm-hmm. It was Ellie that um, when I had my interview with Scott from this neck of mine, the head coach, and uh, I just said, kind of speak to somebody uh, sort of from the UK who's done the coach training. And he pointed me to Ellie. And mm-hmm. I remember meeting Ellie uh, and just having a chat on Zoom. And Ellie said, you know, because it's a, it's a big investment in yourself. And she said, then self-development if if all I got out of it was just self self-development it would have been worth it yeah. and you know what Ellie I am a completely different person 
to what mm. I was 12 months ago mm. completely mm. different it's just such an amazing transformation when you when you self-develop me yourself and and just go through, yeah. through that process yeah it is and it was wonderful to see you at the beginning and see you now and yeah, your coaching business is taking off and um <laughs> we're going to hear a lot about what you're up to later on but the, the the main the main reason for getting together today was to talk about a really really important subject so this week is and I'm going to read this out so that I don't <laughs> bastardize it it's world autism acceptance week and so uh Sam, Sam god I'm tripping over everything today Carol is here to talk to us about her experience and to talk about her son and to talk about um, autism so we're just so thankful to have you here Carol because this is a really really important subject and I can't wait to hear uh, your story and what you've got to share so I'm going to hand right over to you. Oh great Ellie thank you um well I was thinking about where I should start I mean I've got two kids so I just thought I'd give a little bit of a backstory I am 57. I'm originally from um, a little place called Grimethorpe in near Barnsley in South Yorkshire. But I joined the army in 87 and um, I've been away from home ever since then. You wouldn't think with the accent. Clinging <laughs> <laughs> on to it. You just can't get rid of it. It's that. me, proud to be a Yorkshire lass. <laughs> so yeah, I've got um, I've got Lucy who's 26 and Nathan who's 20. Uh, Lucy uh, got married thankfully after all the COVID, COVID shenanigans and putting a, married, uh, a sort of wedding day off a couple of times so she's married and she's really successful in the uh, digital marketing space I'm really proud of her she's done so well for herself at such a young age and uh, yeah Nathan we'll have a, a chat so Nathan let me see he was born in 2001 and when he was born, he was, he just screamed constantly for six months solid. I was a walking zombie. I knew there was something not quite right. And um, he was in our room with us and he had to hold on to my finger. I think he was in the, in our cot, in the cot side of the bed until he was about two, maybe a little bit more. But when he got to, he didn't walk till he was 19 months. He didn't talk till he was about three and a half. And he used to bang his head in frustration on, on the floor. And I just thought, there's something not right. And I was backwards and forwards to the doctors. And it was like, no, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's just fretful. Um, he started nursery and he was fixated on the colour yellow and 27. And he had a lot of fixations on a lot of things. Mm. But it was like a big sponge. It's like just, it was so bright. I mean, he was probably, I don't know, three, two or three. I mean, although he didn't speak, he could recognize things. And in his way, he would talk. And um, he used to go around the nursery. They had like all the alphabet and numbers. And in his way, he told her all the alphabet and the numbers. He was extremely bright. Um, and it was only a friend. Uh, the nursery was going to his room by one of our, our friends in the village, Sally. And I just said to Sally, you know, it's just something not right because if you didn't get to nursery first and get the yellow number, it wasn't number 27, I think it was 11. And they used to ha have names um, with a color and a number and they used to pick their name up and then put it in a slot. And, oh, we used to have tantrums if, he, if anybody had touched that I put their mm. name in that slot, it was a complete nightmare. I mean, it was like things like having to count to 27 before I turn the telly off or the shower off or um, fixating on yellow. We went to a small little, um, it was um, part of St. George's Church where we are called King's Cafe. He had to have a yellow beaker to drink out of. And it was, yeah, it was really hard work, really hard work. Um, I just I was wondering what to do and what to say really um, to professionals because nobody said there was nothing wrong anyway Sally said Carol I think you ought to maybe get him tested so um, we took him to the doctors and he got referred but nothing really happened um, the um, 
educational psychologist came to primary school and um, said, yeah, there were some issues and he thought he'd got Asperger's syndrome. Um, so we were sent off to the local um, hospital, mm -hmm. saw a psychiatrist and a family worker, and it was confirmed that he'd got Asperger's syndrome and ADHD. So that was it started when he was four, but I don't think he actually got the diagnosis probably until he was six or seven. Um, by that time, he was turning into a right little character, <laughs> and he's still a character. He's a big, just a big character now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he never got a statement, which would have really helped uh, because he didn't tick all the boxes. And Sam, I, do come in because I know you've worked with special needs in school with your background. And it is so frustrating as a parent when your kid can't get the one-to-one -one that they need. Yeah. But primary school, because we're in a small village, the primary, the, the classroom, um, the sizes weren't massive. There weren't 30, but there were probably maybe 20, 25. And they were fantastic, the teachers, and they really supported him. And his last, in year six, he had a very visual teacher that took them on a visual journey. And that is Nathan's way of learning. If you're stood in front of a whiteboard and you're writing things down, just forget it. He's more interested in the crack in the table than he is on the whiteboard, yeah. or more interested in the sound outside. In fact, his name was up in the, his photo was up in the staff room because he used to do a dash out of school, <laughs> thankfully. It's not a busy road or anything and people knew who he was. And I'll tell you a funny story, actually. We were walking through the churchyard to school one morning and this lady turned around and just smiled at him and laughed. Oh, I nearly died. He said, what are you laughing at, you silly old woman? I said, <laughs> and he just, he just used to come out with some classics. I don't know why. Thankfully, she didn't hear him. I don't think she did, bro. It was so funny. So for anyone who doesn't know, like it's those those small things that happen that make you smile. Um, so before I jumped into coaching full time, the previous three years, I'd been a teacher, secondary school teacher of English in a special needs school. And uh, Carol, our data, like it was what became the new normal for us, like mm. of what was going on. We'd come back and, you know, we'd giggle and laugh about it because there's so many characters, as you said, in such yeah. a wonderful place yeah. of, to work full of love and light. Yeah. And um but yeah, all those those moments are golden. They're 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 so uh, it's it's so amazing to see just how to me it's a really clear sign that we're all living through our own perception and we're all mm. seeing the world through completely different eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, when we went to see the um, the psychiatrist, he was brilliant, uh, and you know we'd get his letters and he'd say, you know, what a wonderful little lad. And he was just, he's just like a big sponge and he's still like a big sponge now. Anything that interests him, he just devours mm. any information. And he was the same in school and he loved his primary school. And it's great with hindsight when you think back about his education, but um, primary school, it was okay. It was on something called Action Plus. So it was sort of the next one down from a statement. So although they didn't get funding for him from, from a statement, they still made sure he had um, support in class. And he did really well. He did really well. And then, oh dear, secondary school came. He, he passed his 11 plus and he could have gone to one of the local grammar schools with his friends from primary school. With hindsight, looking back, that was probably the best move. But because his sister was at our local faith school, which was in Peterborough, and um, it wasn't a great choice, you know, not for Nathan. I'm not saying it's not a good choice for anybody, anybody else's child, but for Nathan, it probably was the wrong decision. Um, it was a big school. So I went from a tiny little school to site a school of maybe 1500 kids, which was massive. Um, it, it usually when he goes back after holidays and, and people listening who've got kids on the spectrum, it probably took him about what three months to settle into anything new, like a new year, uh, a new year in school. And after half term or whatever, it'd take him a week to settle down. 
Um, and this, it just never settled really at this, this school that he went to. Um, Nathan's always been very open about his Asperger's. Uh, but I think because he was told to go to learning support, which was a big corridor with a massive sign above it saying learning support. I mean, you know, for a 12 or 13 year old kid to be walking down a corridor with learning support above it, you know, that to him was like, there's nothing wrong with my learning. Mm, mm. Um, and that was a real self-esteem issue for him. Mm. Um, and because he was different, he was bullied big time. And because he never, because he couldn't um, navigate his way around the school, <clears throat> he would often be late for class and that would often end up in tension. So I would be, I was working full time then, so I would leave my job um, and have to drive about 50 minutes to go and pick him up from detention because he used to get the school bus. So it's a long day, half past seven, yeah. he'd get on the bus and then he'd be back about half past five at night. So secondary school was awful. I think I had every single tutor he had, I had their email and I was the mother <clears throat> from hell because <clears throat> I used to um, email them, tell them what sort of weekend he'd had, if he was having any issues. It was a nightmare with his homework, which is a classic. It, I didn't say actually, it'd been, um, it was all the, also ADHD that he got as well. Mm -hmm. So concentration for him, I remember him coming home with a headache and he said he couldn't concentrate and the particular teacher had really given him a hard time. And there was just, there was a computer at the side of him that was buzzing and it completely threw him off. All he could think of was this buzzing yeah. noise. Uh, and, you know, the teachers would constantly have to say to him, Nathan, open your book, do some writing. And because he didn't have a statement, he didn't have anyone to warn and they kept promising, promising, and it never, it never came. So sadly, so, you know, you get the fallout at home then, you get the mm. meltdowns, he's non-verbal sometimes, if he's got too much going on, too much overwhelm. Um, so yeah, that wasn't great. So he decided to leave and do his A-levels. And again, I've since learned from, I think his name's Professor Martin Lawrence, who's a big ADHD guy. And I didn't realize that kids with ADHD are probably four to five years back in their learning and their um, growing up years than everybody else. So my poor boy at 17 was only, what, 13, 15, 14? when he was doing his A-levels. And I've only just recently learned that. Now he didn't hit the criteria in, in um, his college years for, I'm saying he got on an A-level course and because he, he wasn't a student that put the work in because of you know the challenges that he has, he was basically asked to leave the course. So he's been floating around college it was then put, because he had to be in education until he was 18, he was put in Prince's Trust. Mm. Um, that wasn't a good experience for him. Um, you know, Prince's Trust do a fantastic job, absolutely phenomenal what they do, but it wasn't the right space for Nathan at all. He needed, you know, he needed different challenges and different to be pushed in different areas. So then he decided he was going on the public services he wanted to join the army structure um, and I'm ex-army and I'm thinking, yep, great. So we came after the first year, we came to do his um, application and it bounced straight back. Would you believe it? The MOD do not accept people that are, have got Asperger's syndrome. Now that seems completely and utterly crazy to me because my boy needs structure. The army had structure. You tell him what to do. And, and give him rules to follow within reason, <laughs> depends, but, you know, he's happy with structure. That's mm. how he lives. He likes structure. Yeah, it's really, it, it, this is a, 
this is a massive understanding thing. Like in many ways, the UK is a world leader in SEN provision. The, and like we are trying in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, you know, it's just not enough. So, you know, teachers are stressed out. Schools are stressed out. They're buckling under the pressure. No one's trained. These kind of, as you've said, um, Carol, like wherever you go, whatever the, whatever a school calls its kind of provision for, let's be honest, like the thing is language is important here. These are gifts in many, many ways. Like for me, OCD, ADHD, all these things, they've been once harnessed and once you learn that you are not those things mm. and you put them and they start to like settle in your experience and you can work with them. And, you know, it's a challenge always, of course, but mm. they mm. can become gifted. They're gifts. And I, you know, me and Ellie have been talking recently about, and maybe you've called it, Carol, that book Driven, which is yes. talking about people who, you know, it's just a misunderstanding because I would have many, many people in the, in the forces for sure are people who have struggled at school. They may have yeah. ADHD or, and the thing is, even that label is yeah. something that fits the current paradigm because in a different mm. world where mm. we actually gave people structure who needed it, encouraged them to, that label might not even be mm. required. It would just be a, a portion of the population that have a special set of gifts that are going to be used in a different way. And mm. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be. Like I, I have like a quite an insight into this because of my experience professionally, mm. but personally mm. to have a child who's going through that and to have to be fighting the cause for them at the time that you did, mm. um, you know, I, all, I think that's incredible what you've done. And I think it's easy to look back and say, oh no, this wasn't the right choice, but you know, you were doing mm. the best you could with what you had. And Absolutely. you don't know the counterfactual. You're never going to know what would have mm. happened in another scenario. And, mm. you know, it sounds to me like Nathan is, a, is, is an amazing young lad who's got a huge amount going for him. So um, yes, all power to you. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. It, it was really hard. And, and my heart goes out to the parents there because you want the best for your kid. Sure. And when you see them coming home from school completely exhausted and they've got two hours of homework to do, you know, you just feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. But that's not to say looking on the positive side, there were some fantastic teachers. His form tutor, who was a, a little French lady, she was gorgeous and she loved him, absolutely adored him. And uh, his history teacher. So, you know, there there are some little golden nuggets to take out of, the, of that time. And yeah, as parents, we just we just have to fight. Just and then when he went to college, I thought, who oh, crumbs, you know, the fighting's over. But no, continued still to for someone just to, you know, understand how he ticked and that he wasn't being naughty. And mm. it, it's his public services finished. He, did, he decided not to carry on with the second year. And then COVID hit. And he's socially, he, he's just desperate for friends. Always has been desperate for friends. He's got a, he's a massive gamer, which a lot of ADHD kids and, mm. and kids on the spectrum are. That's the way it sounds weird because I was, I've been listening to um dr k is called and he's a psychiatrist in the gaming world and i was listening to him and people have said it to nathan nathan his sister said it his, his dad said it how come you can spend six hours playing computer games but you can't spend an hour doing your english homework but it's a completely different it's a distraction the gaming and that's what i've come to understand and i think we are we can be very quick to jump in and say, well, you can do this. Why can't you apply it to that? And when you've got that ADHD wiring and, and you need that stimulation and that, because he can't sleep at night, his, his um, body clocks, he's sleeping now. He should be in college this morning. Generally, he's pretty good, but um, he's, he's not, well, just to put it into context, he's got a lot, a lot going on. He's got, he's coming up to the end of his college year. He, um, he's got a massive, massive gift in language. He did Latin. That's something that that is secondary school, mm. uh, high school gave him a love of Latin and language, and he is so gifted in grammar. And he wants to be um, a copy editor or a proofreader. Mm -hmm. So he's been doing. An access, an access course to uni, but he doesn't want to do uni, he wants to do an apprenticeship. So I've tried to, you know, get him into some um, sort of uh, 
work experience locally, but there really isn't anybody because there's a publishing couple of publishing companies locally to me, but they outsource their proofreading, copy editing. So he's, um, despite him really struggling with one particular subject, he struggles because the teacher is an old style teacher, whiteboard, standing there for an hour and a half, writing on the whiteboard, where his other two subjects, psychology, sociology, and his English, they're very, here's the work, Nathan, this is what you need to do, here's the assignment, off you go and do it. And, and he's just left to his own devices. And yeah, he has had extensions, you know, but it's getting merits and distinctions and mm. he's not even applying himself really, to be fair. Mm. So he will get through this. And then he, we were having a conversation because they've had a careers officer at college and um, he was talking about apprenticeships. So he's finding his way, you know, he, he knows what he wants to do. And again, you know, the employment, he's had a couple of part-time jobs. He had one job in a local Chinese restaurant and they were expecting him to apply common sense. Well, I'm sorry, but Nathan doesn't have any common sense. If he, I think the, the guy that ran the restaurant was expecting him to see that the water jug on the table was empty. So to pick it up and go and fill it. Now mm. you need to say, if you only say once to Nathan, Nathan, watch all the water jugs on the tables. And once they're less than half full, go over. This is what you need to do. Go and fill it up. Nathan, if they've finished their, their, their meal and they're talking and their plates are empty, that means they've finished their meal, go and, and you literally have to point the obvious out, mm -hmm. which is not obvious to Nathan. So he didn't last very long in that job. Then I, I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning to take him to the local Morrisons to do picking for the um, home delivery. So that was an absolute killer. Thankfully, he only lasted two weeks. I know that sounds awful, but <laughs> it was like, oh, I was I was working at the time, but it wasn't such a, I was only working part time. So I used to drop him off. And then again, he was just a couple of weeks because he was so fixated on um, straightening the tins and things and, yeah. and looking and he couldn't pick quick enough and it just wasn't for him. So he's had two part-time jobs. Just, you know, I'll try and encourage him to, to go out and socialize and meet friends, but it, it just always, for some reason, you know, turns into <clears throat> some sort of disaster for him. He met a couple of friends at college and there was an incident at college, not, nothing to do with Nathan, that involved these two friends he'd made and one of them left college and he just can't, he doesn't cry very often, but he said, mum, why does it always happen to me? Oh. You know, I made two really good friends. He brought them round. I was really excited and happy. And then about a week later, this incident happened and yeah, just completely tore the friendship apart really. So, mm. All his friends are online. So this, he suddenly come, came up to me and said yesterday, because I always make sure, because he spends all his time in his room, which is not an issue. You know, it's his, it's, it's his life. I think as a mum, you want to control, especially when they have challenges, you want to jump on the, what's and make things better and, and go there, there, it'll be okay. Um, what being a certified this naked mind coach has taught me and the self-development and the, the mindset work I've done on me and my drinking is taught me to pull away as an adult. Yeah. He needs to make mistakes to learn. That's that hurts me to see him hurting. But I've got to take a step back. So he was chatting yesterday and he's got he's had a lot of friends in America that he games with and that's why he's up half the night that's his social life yeah. so you know parents might go and say oh they should be in bed they should be doing this should be doing that I've got to wait up between him having a social life whatever however that looks and him not having a social life mm. and he has a social life but sadly it's at one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock in the morning but He's got friends. He's had mm. these friends for four or five years, you know, mm. and that's how he connects. He's in a creative writing group. He's a fantastic creative writer. Um, all to do with Dungeons and Dragons, all to do with his gaming. But 
the characters he comes up with and the stories that he puts to them, it's just amazing. In fact, my um, his sister's friend um, runs an esports um, online and he's actually done some writing for him and he's actually had it published. So he's got so much potential. Yeah, it's amazing. Really has I mean, so much. We, we have to remember as well that if uh, you know in the world that we're in now like this this that experience that you've just described carol wasn't available even 10 years ago right it was it was totally different and when when the world isn't as understanding as as it and it as it needs to be and that's why mm-hmm. conversations like this are so important that that experience that nathan's having and that many people you know be it adhd autism ocd mm. actually those games and those they're actually providing peak experiences that mm-hmm. are not coming from other places and the sense of clarity you know i can speak from experience here in terms of you know when when ocd's there or whatever it may be sometimes just hopping into a game and having some clarity because you're in the moment with the peak experience, you're getting the dopamine hit, it's clearing up your Mm. mind is to someone else that might look at it and they'd be like, whoa, that's so intense. Like, why would you want to do that? But actually it can be the most freeing, one of the most freeing and calming Mm. things that's happening for somebody. And Mm. we have to understand that. And I I think that's amazing that you have that perspective. It says a lot about the type of mum you are and Mm. and that you've been able to step back and look at that because that resilience and source of creativity and wisdom that you found in order to work on your own personal development. Well, he's Mm. got that too, Carol. And like, it's really easy. I imagine as a parent to kind of forget that and to want to try and do everything for our children, but we're all Mm. at the core of our being that we've all got that. And it's awakening that is going to be far more powerful than you or anyone trying to control someone's world. Right. Absolutely. No, it's it's so true. And I think just hands off parenting when they get to the age that he's at, um, you know, he'll, he'll come, he'll come and see me. I'll be I'll be watching TV or whatever and chilling out in the evening. And uh, we're in an upside down house. So when I say it comes upstairs, it sounds a bit weird, but we're upstairs <laughs> in the lounge. <laughs> yeah, I got you. And when I'm talking to people, they must think, why is she sitting in the bedroom watching telly at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> uh, at night? But um, he'll come up and it's very endearing. He's always patted me on the head like a dog. <laughs> and that's his greeting. <laughs> that is how he greets me. And I love him for that. And despite, you know, we all have our different... Like, traits um on the autistic spectrum and your kids he's very affectionate and he won't come up and hug me but he'll pat me on the head and that's his way of saying love you mum and now I make sure especially now I'm not drinking I mean we haven't even gotten into that yet but when I was drinking all I wanted to do was chill out from work sit on the couch have my wine and watch tv I I neglected Nathan he was happy in his bedroom he didn't need me and I was happy doing what I was doing and I look back on that time now I'm not going to beat myself up and I don't beat myself up and I don't think any mums listening or any dads listening for that fact should beat themselves up because it is what it is it happened and now I I take the opportunity being in you know my alcohol freedom and and just the scales falling from my eyes and realizing I've got so much more energy I'm so much more engaged I'm so mm-hmm. much more present mm-hmm. I've got so much more to give I make a con- I still have to make a conscious effort because I could be busy doing other things I constantly make an effort to go into his room, he's got, we've, we're fortunate to live in a decent sized house. We've knocked two rooms together. So he's got a lounge and a bedroom and he's got all his monitors and all his equipment and everything. So I'll go and sit on his couch and I don't even have to say anything. I'll just, I'll just sit there and say, how's your day? Excuse me. Oh, what character are you working on? And he gets all animated but we have this sort of rule because mum's eyes glaze over after about 20 minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have this rule where he will go off on this journey into his 
um, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it is he's playing and say, Mom, um, I've got I've got this character uh, and 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 it. I just thought, I've got a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> and then he'll go, am I talking too much? I said, darling, it's fine. It's okay. But mum's head is now buzzing because he'll just go, <laughs> it's just pissing all out. And I love him for it. Absolutely love him for it. And sometimes they'll come to me and say, because uh, I, I was in the Queen Alexandra's Royal Army Nursing Corps for 13 years. So I've got a little bit of expertise around sort of the medical side of things. And one of his characters was a doctor. So he'd, he'll come and say to me, Mum, if this happened or, you know, he'd want to pick my brains about some sort of, um, medical issue or treatment of something or yeah so he's, he likes to really get into the nitty-gritty mm. and what I meant to say actually was about we we're talking about his friends in America he suddenly said to me uh, he's 21 in June mum I want to go to Chicago and see my friends I thought oh and that was like a control thing again I was mm. like oh my good grief no I can't let him get on a plane now he does come up with these ideas every so often. And I believe somebody said to me, it's part of his ADHD, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it gets these ideas in his head. But I, we've talked about it a couple of years ago and I know the airlines provide a service to young adults that have got challenges that are traveling alone. So he knows this. So I was quite upset. And I had to sit down with myself and think, oh, calm down, Carol, just calm down. He's 21. What's the worst thing that could happen? And there's me thinking it could end up up a wrong street in an alley and it could be really rough. And there could be people up there that want to harm him. And what about the people he's known for five years? What if they're not really the people they say they are? And all this stuff going off in my head. And I'm like, whoa, let's take a step back here. You know? So I was, I was upset, was quite upset last night. And I'd take myself away and just have a little cry and just talk to myself and go, just calm down. <laughs> just calm down. So we've not, he's been looking at the flights and the, um, the prices and things. And we've just been chatting about when would be the best time. Because mm. he wanted to go on his birthday. And I said, well, you don't actually finish college, darling, until the 24th of June. So is it going to be a real issue to wait a week? Well, probably not. I said, as long as you get it in before the kids break up from school, because the, you know, the prices are yeah. astronomical after. So, yeah. It's, it, it's so interesting, Carol, because what, like, like when you, when you said about him getting on a plane and going to America on his own, you know, like, I mean, my kids are very little, so I'm a bit, I'm, I'm off that yet, but... I had that pang, that, that yeah. exactly what you likely felt like, like oh, you can't do that. Like, and, then, and then, as you say, your head goes to all of the, th all of the terrible things that could happen and all of the things that were wrong. The, the brilliant thing that you have is the knowledge that that's, you know, it's just the way that the brain works yeah. and it's all yeah. made up. And to be able to, I mean, yes, there is a level of processing your own, emotion around it because you know these are there are kids but yeah. um the asking a different kind of question like well what could go right I mean yeah. for him like if the, the the peak experience of the friends and the connection online like that that is a big deal for him right now that's mm. his world and it's serving him so well what is it going to be like when he actually physically connects with these people? Yeah. And, and where Amazing. might that take him? Yeah. But, but this is the power of the mind and being able to catch the thoughts and notice what's happening from a you know, bodily sensation perspective. And going back to you know, the, the, the training and when we're consumed in drinking, like we just don't have that available to us. We don't have that um the access to to clarity we don't we don't live in the present so you know I just I, I it, it's such a wonderful story I, I've just loved um learning so much about him I've heard I've heard you talk about Nathan before but it's just it's just so wonderful to 
to learn about him. And what strikes me more than anything is, you know, regardless of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, we, we are in terms of like being labeled or, you know, who, who, who we are, regardless of that, like we, we just need a better level of understanding mm-hmm. of, yeah. of, you know, what, what, what makes us the the people that we are and, and what what needs we have when you said about like glazing over like I had one of those moments <laughs> so, so so I'm in the shower and all of that and Chester comes in and I'm and I'm coming out of the shower and I'm drying myself and and he said mummy and then he tells me about this character the kids are into Pokemon I'm mm. like what the fucking hell is all this on? It's like, <laughs> we've been there done that I got the oh t-shirt <laughs> And, and 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 likely Nathan will know all of the thousands of them by oh, name, right? And, and so he, t- he starts telling me about this thing, and I immediately felt that like like my eyes are like going, <laughs> like I'm just glazing, all like oh okay, son. And then I caught myself, and I was like, no, 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 like this is his world right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. seeing the excitement in his face, and like the energy yeah. that he's got because he's t- like he's into this story that he's telling me about the thing. Mm. So even if I don't understand it. That that's not a cue to glaze over. No. That's a cue to listen more carefully. That's a cue, a cue to be curious. Because yeah. although I might, the character might not resonate with me, and I not be, I might not be getting all excited about, you know, this Pokemon adventure. Yeah, I can try to, and and I can start to get a sense of that energy in that it's in the connection with him. That's where yeah. the magic is. It's irrelevant whether it's Pokemon or something else it's that connection and it's that that feeling that is yeah. like it's it's palpable that's what life's all about yeah, and that, yeah. that's that's his gift that's his gift with these characters that it comes up with um i mean he's, he's he's written about thousands thousands of characters in intricate detail uh and i'm amazed and i hope you know the glazing over bit Normally, I'm very engaged with him, but yeah, there's a limit to what I can take. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, at, at college, the, he wanted to start a Dungeons and Dragons, um, which uh, because of COVID was really difficult. So you know, there's that connection and that and that want and that desire to to write. He did, in fact, he had um, a work experience at the Stanford Mercury, which was one of the oldest papers. Um, in the I don't know even if it's in the world or the country um, and he went for an interview but I, I'm not sure he I got, I got him into two weeks work experience and then there was a job came up and I don't think his heart was in it it was me sort of thinking that would be really good for him but all he said to me was mum I can't deal with their style of writing I said what do you mean darling he says well the way the the paper writes it's not it's not proper. It's not Oxford Dictionary proper, mum. And he, he just couldn't deal with. It was out of alignment of mm. of what he believed in to be right yeah. on the language side and the grammar side. So he would he, he would have never got on with that. And I think that's why he's looking for an opportunity to be. He's been proofreading. Um, I volunteer at my local. Um, Railway, uh, heritage, well, it's, it's a charity, Neen Valley Railway. Ali, you've been on Santa oh, Express yes. with the kids. I've been, oh, I've been on Santa Express, I've been on <laughs> Thomas, I've been on the works. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, he's been proofreading their um, newsletter for a, a couple of years now. Um, yeah, so he's looking, that's the type of thing he wants to get into. But uh, I don't know what's going to happen after college, you know, I, I mean, for me, I don't want him, but this is me putting my expect not expectations on, but my 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 limitations on him. Um, working from home would be the thing that he would probably want, but you know, for me, I would like him to be out in the workplace meeting people. But he, he's he gets quite anxious in fact he's just had we didn't put him on medication he had a lot of ticks quite severe ticks when he was when he was growing up I remember going to see Joe Pasquale at one of the local theatres when he was about nine or ten he absolutely loved Joe Pasquale he was so um excited and he had this um really bad tick of of like bank shaking his head all the time 
and he was so excited. I don't know how his head didn't fall off his shoulders because he was bouncing his head backwards and forwards to the point where I had to sit him on my knee because he was going to injure himself and put my head on his forehead and just try and calm him down. So he wanted, they wanted to put him on Ritalin, I think it was, or something, just to calm him down a bit. But anyway, we've got to the point now where he's quite concerned about his uh, attention span at college that was thinking about um, trying drug therapy. So we discussed it. We sat and talked about it. I've always wanted to steer clear of drug therapy, but um, I have been... Um, had had conversations with adults who have got ADHD and also practitioners who do give out drug therapy. And I have, I've always been no, but in the right, with the right treatment in the right cases, it's extremely effective. So Nathan was like, mum, kind of, you know, shall we go down this route? Well, the NHS ADHD clinic was a six month wait. So he's just paid a substantial amount of money over a thousand pounds of his own money. Um, to have a consultation with an ADHD clinic in London and um, the report just came back yesterday I think he had the uh, assessment on Saturday and um, they've recommended some some drugs to try him on so it's just another avenue to go down you know it's just something else for him and, and I've got to let him do that it doesn't matter what I think or how I feel uh, about drug therapy it's what he wants to do and you know he might think it's a magic bullet but he's got to find out for himself whether that's the right path for him so I need to let him do that yeah, yeah. so just, we'll see where that you, goes all you can do is encourage his awareness and um mm. you know that's you're being guided and you have been guided the whole way through and the same thing that's been guiding the both of you up to this point is mm. going to carry on doing that so you don't need mm. to know what's going to happen when college is end, when college ends and all that stuff it's uh you'll know what to do and the more yeah. he becomes self-aware he'll know what to do too um mm. thanks for sharing all this it's so powerful no that's okay it's, it's nice to sort of get that word out because there's so many parents out there that you know i've been there and how I managed it, well, the reason I started drinking was just that very mm. reason. When Nathan was diagnosed, I, I just, it, it ended my marriage um, because we parented very differently. And I dealt with all the educational side of things, all the hospital appointments. Um, that's not to say um, his dad didn't love Nathan and love him for who he was and accept him for who he was. But I think his dad took a step back. He was working full time. I was only working part time. So I was available to go to all the appointments anyway. And his dad came to the, the you know, big appointments that he needed to come to. But I sort of took all of Nathan's issues on my shoulders and I blamed myself. Up until recently, up until the last three or four years, probably for his um, Asperger's, thought it was my fault. I did something while he was in my womb. It's my fault that he is like he is, uh, and that's a big weight to carry. And I think as parents, we can um, blame ourselves sometimes when it's it's completely out of our control. You know, I've had people come at me and say it's a food issue. It can be fixed with with nutrition. It can be fixed with this. It can be fixed. I, I, I don't. Mm. I don't want Nathan fixing. I love Nathan one hundred percent completely as he is. He's he's just special. Well, he's not like broken he's, either, right? No, absolutely not. So, not absolutely yeah. not. And people just think, and that's the problem. I think Sam, people put people in boxes. Yeah. Nathan doesn't fit. The autism box or the ADHD box or any box is unique. There's not another Nathan. He is who he is. And I think outside in the big wide world, when we come across somebody that's a little bit eccentric or for instance, I was I, I was in Birmingham yesterday training. I came back. I, my, I was early for my train. I sat on I was sat on the uh, bench and this chap in his 60s came and sat at the side of me asked me what the time was and um, I could see there were some challenges that he'd got 
and uh, he, he was uh, such a delightful young man well not young man in a, a middle-aged man called Gareth and um, he was telling me all these stories and he said he'd been homeless he was homeless for many many years and uh, somebody had put him into um, a care home um, somewhere to sleep and live and that's where he was and I had a great conversation with him now mm. most people would have just got up and walked off and not even given him the time of day but just him having a 15 minute conversation with me you know and I just think why why can't people just sit and give people time like Nathan you know he's not a freak he's not weird he's not odd he's a lovable human being and he has got so much to give so mm. much to give and if people just took time with people that don't fit the norm, whatever the norm is, and took time out of their day to actually get to know people, then, you know, the world would be a lot richer in my eyes. Well, of course it would. Of course yeah. it would. I mean, this is why this work that we're all doing is so important because it's helping people to see for themselves the stories that they're caught up in. And we've, we've all been there in... And, you know, in, in our own experience and the, the, the difference that you talked about through going through the training with this naked mind, mm. like the thing that they do so brilliantly is help you to see what's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and when we, when yeah. we start to break that stuff down, there's so much possibility there. And I, and I always go back to this, the, the entry point for me was this strong belief that alcohol relaxed me and yeah. I, I firmly believe that that was the truth as far as I was concerned mm. until it wasn't and mm. it was in that moment of a new level of understanding hang on a minute and and when when we find that moment where we realize like how wrong we are about something that we've been unequivocally certain about yeah it's like well what else have I been wrong about and if yeah. you're willing to be wrong about everything Mm. then there's a whole new life on the other side of that and and, it, and and it's this shift bit by bit person by person that collectively mm. is going to make such a difference in this world because we're all unique you know no one person is the same yeah, and we're all we're all here for this embodied experience for a reason like mm. you know we, we just have these I was about to say the F word. We just have these um, <laughs> funky, I'm going to change it to funky. We have these funky uh, beliefs about why that is. But if you don't have a question where those beliefs came from, mm. then your embodied, embodied experience is going to be very limited. Yeah. And as time goes on, um, it's likely to get more and more painful and there's likely to be more and more suffering. So mm. if you want peace in your life and you want... Uh, you want to, you know, like I hear people talk about stress and overwhelm and, oh, but, you know, is this going on in the world? Like difficult life experiences. Yeah, there is going to be all of that for sure. Mm. There's going to be mm. a whole host of challenge in your life, but you can at any moment in time be fully at peace because you really know who you are and you know mm. what you're connected to. And that's a really, really special place to be. And the, and the more that people can start to dance into that space, like we, we're all raised together. Like it's just, yeah. it, it's yeah. such a different experience. It is. And I mean, you know, we all, we all anchor after acceptance, I think. Mm. And I think my, I think I've learned the, mo the most valuable thing I've learned, I think, is to love me for who I am mm. and not to, I may, I had to measure up to people's expectations for many, many years. And Nathan's very much the same. He just wants to fit in and he's still on his journey. He's still very early on in his journey. And I feel privileged to be his mum and my daughter. I mean, Lucy is a fantastic support to Nathan. She's a big gamer. Her husband's a big gamer. So they're like, da, 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 about gaming. You know, I just leave and let them get on with it. But I've got two fabulous kids. And 
now I'm not drinking, I am 100% present with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I could think, oh, you know, it's too late and, and have lots of regrets about when they were younger and, and what happened and all the, I mean, poor Nathan, three or four years ago was stuck the first time we let him out on his own that sounds awful but I was he wanted to go and see a friend at the NEC that got some um, Dungeons Dragons or whatever on and um, he got the train and it was a bank holiday weekend and there were no the last train back was something like half past eight and then it was buses and um, I think it was a bank holiday Monday he was coming back. I think he stayed overnight with his friend. That was a big thing for me. And that mm. was the start of my journey of just letting letting go, you know. Um, he was probably maybe 17, 18. Um, and he missed the last train and he was stuck in Birmingham. And I'd been drinking, obviously. So I was probably half a bottle, nearly a bottle in. Um, and he rang up uh, he wasn't upset, but he said, Mum, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm stuck at New Street, Birmingham, uh, and I was in a panic. Thankfully, um, his dad was available. So he called. I just said, give your dad a ring, and if your dad can't come, then we'll sort something out, don't worry. And, I mean, I was ready for getting in a taxi, going to Birmingham, New Street, picking him up and coming back. But um, his dad went and picked him up and um, brought him back home. So it's just... You know, you think about things like that as well and you just think, oh, my goodness me, but I've lost my train of thought now. That's <laughs> so just suddenly come to me that, uh, that yeah, but being present, that was it, being yes. present and being just having so much to give, you know, yeah. like going out for lunches with my daughter, uh, having a weekend. I took her away for a long weekend um, a couple of years ago um and just having quality time and giving Mm. them space to be them Mm. yeah Mm. you know and and you when you're not drinking and you're self-developing and you're growing as a person you naturally pass on that growth and experience and they pick up on that you're not telling them what to do but they see in you exactly you know Mm. and I think that's a wonderful thing as a parent is to be you know non-judgmental not be preachy and say, well, I'm right. I'm your parent. You listen to me. This is what you should do. You've got to let them develop and grow into the person that they need to be. It's been their safe space, irrespective of the decisions that they make, the choices, the the path they want to go down. It's been their safe space. You know, we're we're deeply connected. Mm. And throughout childhood, uh, from being in the womb, like they're heavily reliant on us mm. to learn how to regulate. They're, they're, their only way of regulation is core regulation with us. Mm. And there comes a point that developmentally it's appropriate for them to embark on more risky behaviors because it's this mm. natural separation, separation. where mm. they have to figure out for themselves what's dangerous and not, mm. but still with that safety net of the the connection to come back to in the home. Yeah. But everything that you're edging into with Nathan is it, it's wholly appropriate for him to mm. then be able to absolutely stand on his own two feet, however scary it is, you know, for us yeah. as parents. Yeah. But that that's gonna allow so much for him as opposed to this, like that that is very expansive versus control very restrictive and is going to do very little for your connection um it's it's a really really different thing to as you said to be able to shed the layers and to let go of the stuff and mm. be able, and, and separately to be able to process your your own emotion and all the while that you're doing that not only are you regulating yourself not only are you uh, nourishing yourself in a healthy way instead of numbing and all the rest of it but you're modeling to your children you're helping that core regulation you're helping them to understand how to do exactly the same thing and so that will pass on so i'm very hopeful that there will be generations uh beyond that do not numb in the same way that 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 we have that 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 aren't looking for the thing that's external to them to make themselves feel better 
I'm mm. really, really hopeful for that. And it and it all starts with us. It does. Yeah, definitely. And I think um I think the self-development journey that I've been on has just prepared me to give 100 percent to my kids. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, you know, you can only you only know what you know. You don't yes. know what you don't know. And the tools that this naked mind and my alcohol-free journey's given me, I it's my legacy to my kids, you know, mm-hmm. to live in that um me being confident in me as a person and just learning to be more confident learning to love me for me not putting too much expectations on myself which then I can relay to the kids you know because if they're you know going through a tough time I mean Nathan's not had his COVID jabs he's needle phobic massively and I've had to deal with that for the last couple of years with what's been going on you know thankfully is not a massive social person and at this moment in time I'm so glad he's not and he's seen a psychotherapist and he's got some things to help him cope and he is pushing himself out of that comfort zone and we are just about to book his appointment so you know just living with that as a parent I've just cried buckets on my own and just had to deal with that myself and think it's his choice he knows what the choices are He's always wore a mask, he's, cleans his hands thoroughly um, and is, is very thoughtful. We went shopping and he picks everything up by the corner. He won't actually touch the bag properly, so he's so thoughtful. But as a parent thinking, oh, my good grief, you know, what happens if? But I've had to take that story out of my head. Yeah. I've had to take that story that's out it. of my head. Because it's, and, just, and that's it, it's a, because it's a story. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. You're future tripping, aren't you? It seems very, very clear to me that you have everything you're ever going to need to deal with whatever comes in the present moment, pal. Like you're incredibly like that. That's very clear. So um, you've learned so much. And now you're you're also using all this amazing stuff you've learned to help other people as well, which is amazing. So tell us a bit about that. Like if people have tuned in today and they've been impacted by, you know, your story, Nathan's story, how can people reach out? What are you up to? Give us the rundown of what's happening. Yeah, sure. Um, I just want to quickly give a shout out to Mindspace at Stanford in Lincolnshire, actually. Um, Nathan uses Mindspace. It was set up by in 2015 by Dr. Dan Petrie, who's one of our local GPs. I've, me and Nathan have both seen him, actually, on the mental health side. And they run a drop-in centre for the local community, and they do absolutely... It's all run by volunteers. And... Um, they do lots of um, things like kickboxing, art, uh, yoga, meditation, and it's all free. Um, I've been desperate to sort of give some free coaching. And I've just had uh, a chat with Pip, one of their admin people. And um, I'm hoping to get a small group together to go through the alcohol experiment with a book. Yay. Because so cool. low- Look, well, it's just been on my mind. I mean, since right from the beginning, when I had my interview uh, to start the the inst- this Naked Mind Institute for my coaching, um, this was my big thing to do, was just to give back because I, I've used their services when I was going through a particular mm. tough time. Um, and yeah, that's rolling. So um, look up Mindspace uh, in Stanford. They do some fantastic work, and they're because of COVID, they've not had to run. They, they haven't been able to run a lot, so their funds are, are pretty low. So but, um, yeah, check them out. But as for me and my warrior mum coaching, yeah. So <laughs> that's Maggie, one of my one of my cohort in uh, in the group, gave me warrior mum, and it makes me chuckle. <laughs> Because it's I never awesome. see myself as a warrior mum, but once we, we were chatting and I told her more or less the story I've told you today. She says, you know what you are, Carol, you're a warrior mum. And I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, <you> really? <laughs> so that is my handle, warriormumcoaching.com. So you can find me there online and there's uh, links for socials. So I have an Instagram, Warrior Mum Coaching, which I'm very active on. And I have that is connected to my Warrior Mum Facebook page. I am just launching a new um, 
private Facebook page because my my niche is um, mums who struggle with wine o'clock and basically want to find freedom from that wine o'clock time. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm just opening up this week um, a private Facebook page and uh, I'm just going to be doing a challenge as well, which is Crush Your Cravings Challenge. Nice. So, cool. yeah, I'm going to be giving lots of value, lots of uh, stuff. Um, yeah, so so that's it really with me. That's cool. Well, make sure you give us all those links and everything, and they'll be yeah, in the show sure. notes for people to and and you know encourage people to to come and check you out. I think that everything you've shared today, Carol, is gonna is gonna touch and you know some people are gonna be really moved by what they've heard. And uh, you know, please do reach out and uh, yeah, because yeah, this is amazing. You know, this is amazing yeah. that you know it's only a, a year since you know we embarked Crazy. on the institute, right? And that's that's so cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, You're welcome. Really, really enjoyable conversation. I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. You're a superstar. (laughs) Lots of love to Nathan. Yeah, I'll give him a big hug from everybody. And if anybody wants any information, yeah, just just drop me a DM on Instagram or or, or just email me from my website. Love to hear from you. That's awesome. Have a good day, people. Such a fascinating insight and wonderful discussion, just full of joy and... um, you know, just because something's difficult and challenging doesn't mean it isn't full of joy. And uh, this is definitely one of those areas and those topics. So, um, yeah, thanks, Carol, for coming on. And me and Ellie just want to say thanks again for coming and spreading the word um, for something so important and, and uh, something so misunderstood. OK, right. I think that's pretty much it. Have an amazing week get yourself on the wait list for the next day stop solution it's filling up fast we're not quite sure when we're going to launch yet but we're sort of getting to a point where we're we're having to think about things and and start putting things together um because uh we've got you know we've got so many people on that list which is just amazing to see so come and get your name on it if it's don't miss out on the next one if it's something that you're uh, that you're interested in all right team have an absolutely awesome week see you soon